Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bass Wilbon. And I'm Dina Bass Williams. And we are the Bass Sisters. Hello, Dina. Hey, Dee Dee. What's up, lady? I am ready for the weekend. You are? What you got planned for this weekend? Well, um, as you know, last weekend, Dalen helped me reorient my she shed. I moved from mm-hmm. one room to another room. So, gonna put the finishing touches on my indoor she shed. And, um, yeah, we're also going to do some yard work since the weather's breaking a little bit. So Oh, Dalen won't be doing any yard work. No, is Dalen okay. come? Is it, no, yeah, I didn't expect <laughs> my niece to do any yard work. But, no, LaForest and I are going to do a little yard work. Oh, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, okay. Well, that what's in store good. for you? Nothing. I just want to relax and um, finish cleaning out my office. So I did, uh, it, you know, I need to make it look more. I just wanted to just, just to, I think it's springtime. So it was, it'll be springtime on Friday. Is the first mm-hmm. day of spring on Friday or Saturday? But um, just going through some spring cleaning and just kind of, you know, opening the windows and all that stuff. Fresh yes. air, spring, new spring. things, new things. But at any rate, this is Policy and Pound Cake. We are so glad that you guys are with us today. And so we want to get right in. Okay, so let's get down to some headlines. Uh, actually, um, this headline comes from CNN, but I'm, I found it on my friend, our friend, Elizabeth Hitos' Facebook page. She, she had a breaking news <laughs> alert. Um, uh, I did something like, breaking news, hell is freezing over. Because CNN actually slightly gave Governor DeSantis and Florida a compliment on some of his, uh, you know, COVID policies. It wasn't really a compliment necessarily, but they just acknowledged mm-hmm. that even though people have been highly critical of his policies in Florida, Florida is actually doing much better than other states. They even are. Even though they have been open. Now, mm-hmm. we're not advocating for super opening or closing. We're advocating right. for each state and each family to do the right thing for for them but let's just um let's just look at a little bit of this clip from cnn who did all he could to keep florida open and is now getting a second look so what are the facts jeff zeleny is out front if you look at what's happening in south florida right now i mean this place is booming it would not be booming if it was shut down. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is standing unabashedly tall. Los Angeles isn't booming. New York City's not booming. It's booming here because you can live like a human being. A year after the pandemic began, Florida is not only back in business, it's been in business. And the governor's gamble to take a laissez-faire approach to coronavirus appears to be paying off, at least politically, at least for now. Now, he's seen by many grassroots conservatives as a potential 2024 presidential candidate. We are an oasis of freedom in a nation that's suffering. His future, of course, depends on the outcome of the rest of the pandemic. Okay, and the reason I wanted to pull that headline, thank you, Liz, for, um, you know, um, the (laughs) hell breaking, well, hell freezing over. um, Right. And pointing this out, but I wanted to, um, to bring that to our policy and pound cake team's attention because one, uh, it's not that he was had a laissez, laissez-faire attitude about the virus. He had mm-hmm. a very um, proactive, do what's best for your family, do what's best for your business, do what's best for the state attitude. And right. people, like we have friends in Florida who are you know very successful business owners and they 
but they also have people in their family who um, are high risk. Mm-hmm. And they took every measure to wear masks when necessary, to exactly. social distance, to do the right thing. Um, but they also needed to, to responsibly run their business. So, you know, the thing I will say about what I would hope that Governor DeSantis does. So there, there are rumors of, you know, he's, you know, he's considering a 2024 bid. Mm-hmm. What I, my <laughs> advice to him from a, media strategy and the political strategy would be don't do what Cuomo did by taking victory laps now because exactly what we do about this virus is that we don't know anything I mean, about this about this virus, this virus. right know, exactly in a, Florida's looking good now things are strong they're making you know they're on the they're they're you know in terms of employment uh success from the virus they're doing well but don't take a victory lap now because we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this virus. So Exactly. And things can turn around like with the drop of a hat. You know what I mean? And I'm hoping that it doesn't in a negative way, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right. Don't take that victory lap yet. Just keep, you know, stay steady and continue to do what you're doing and, and, and monitor the things that they're monitoring as a state and as an administration for him. But, um, but yeah, don't, let's not do another Cuomo. Yeah, and continue <laughs> to be smart. We know that this virus kills, so people in Florida continue to be smart. And it sounds like they're doing the smart thing, for, you know, for their population and families. Yep, absolutely. Wow. Well, yes. Okay. So that what is... headline do you have, Dee? Well, Dina. Okay, so you remember Teen Vogue? What? Well, when we were growing up, it was 17, it was I think. It was Teen Vogue when we were growing up. It was 17 it was, magazine. It was, was 17. That the teenagers, teeny boppers read. <laughs> Right. right. Remember exactly. the August issue of Seventeen, Didi. Dina, we could not wait to get the oh August issue of Seventeen. That was just like that was be that was beyond breaking news. That like was like your, everything your guide for fashion for everything. For everything, everything. Well, anyway, so the breaking news right now. This is with Teen Vogue, and everybody's probably very familiar with Alexi McCammon. And you may remember her. She made headlines a couple months ago when her boyfriend, who resigned from Biden's team for bullying a reporter who was actually, who actually wanted to report on his relationship with McCammon because she covered the White House, right? Right. Well, when she was young, she did something really silly as the majority of us have done things when we were young that were really silly that we apologize for. Well, she was applying. She was, you know, getting a job with Teen Vogue and the chief people not officer. Not just a job. She was. Oh yeah, not just a job. In chief. She was named editor in chief. Right. So this was, this was huge. This was really, really big. Uh, very young one, young lady. Um, you know, by all accounts, you know, bright and and things. And her career was going in the right direction. And but she made a mistake when she was seventeen. <laughs> when she was seventeen. When she was seventeen. Um, and so, she was 17. She was 17. 17. She was 17. You know, uh, and so the um, the the leadership, um, the the Condé Nast leadership, were all aware of this uh, mistake or this the comments the made on Twitter, right? So let me get, let me find it on my on my phone. So she she did some she put out some tweets. Let's see one of the tweets. I'm going to read them really quickly. One of the tweets. Outdone by Asian, hashtag what's new. Uh, the n- other tweet was now Googling how not how to not wake up with swollen Asian eyes. And the last one, it says at 22 Austin Ruse 90, I'm sure I'm not reading that correctly. 
She was like an old Asian woman. L O L L O L L O L. Yeah, get, she also she 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 had some apparently homophobic tweets also as a seventeen year old. Right, but again, she was seventeen. Mm -hmm. She apologized for them. She was wrong. Uh, she was hired for this amazing job, and those individuals that made the decision to hire her, they were very much aware of these tweets. Am I right? Yeah. She she knew that the tweets were thoughtless. I mean, the tweets came out in 2019, you know? So, right. so she, she made apologies in 2019 for the tweets. Exactly. And so, you know, m my thing is, even the tweets were wrong, and even when we, you know, if we didn't have, if we didn't have this heightened focus on the attacks in the Asian community because of what recently happened in in our home state of Georgia, um, in Atlanta, Georgia, just the other day, with eight people losing their lives um, at, at the hands of that young man who just went in on a rampage in three different spas and started shooting and killing people. The tweets were wrong, absolutely wrong. But all of that doesn't change the fact that she was a, and I hate using this word, but she was a stupid 17-year-old, which mm -hmm. all of us, everyone that is listening to this podcast was at once time 17, or you're currently 17, or you know a 17-year-old, but we were all there. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we regret, that we you know felt really, really bad about. Um, but she is now a 27-year-old young woman, fairly accomplished journalist, who understands fully that she made a mistake. This country and everyone, we need to be able to give and extend grace, period. And Dina, you talk about that all the time. You talk about extending grace, extending grace. We have to extend grace. And if we can't extend grace, I'd... Yeah, I just don't I'm know like, where, this, really? where this... Like, Dina, um, today, I've, I'm sure that I did something or said something that I'm like, gosh, I really did not mean to do I, that. But the point is, is that you, if you say something, if you said those stupid things at nearly 50, right. you should be held accountable for it. Absolutely. Um, so that's how I feel about it. I right. think that she was 17, she apologized. And I even think that even at 50, if you do something, and we're not 50 yet, but we... We're knocking, on the, door. On, the knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But Dina, even if you do something wrong and you apologize for it and you're sincere in that apology, I, I think that why, sh why shouldn't you be forgiven? You know, I think because, you know, our Christian faith is rooted in, in grace. So we believe in offering and accepting grace, and it, you know, sometimes right. accepting grace is hard. It's as hard as extending grace. So, so and I and I don't think we're saying that there like some things have have consequences and there are penalties to to bad behavior. You know, no one's saying that this nut who shot these people in Atlanta. We're not saying extend him grace and just like say, oh, no harm, no foul. We'll extend. You no, grace. but no, what he did and what she did are two totally different things. Right. Totally so, different so things. He should. You know, I just think that she was 17 and we need to extend her grace. Um, he committed a crime. He committed a crime. He took some, he took eight individuals. He took their lives. Right. That is, that's heinous. She was on social media making comments just 
as a stupid 17 year old. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure since then she has not made any comments like that. She, like I said, she's a fairly accomplished journalist. And when they, when she, when she accepted this job, she wasn't hiding it. Mm -hmm. She wasn't trying to say that she didn't make, that she didn't um, do those, put those tweets out or make those comments. She did not try to hide it at all. And so I think that, Grace needs to be extended and everyone is so powerful when they sit behind a computer or a phone and you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And to say mean things about her and what she did when she was 17. I'm sure many of those people don't point, don't, what is it? Don't live in glass houses. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess the thing is like, when will it end? We, you know, we keep uh, this, this cancel culture, when will it end? Uh, I will say this about her at 17. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a professional aunt, no kids. As I counsel my nephew and my niece, 19 Mm -hmm. and 13, we should be training our children not to be that that 17 year old though, right? Right, absolutely. There is that lesson, not just don't put it out there on the internet. We should be teaching our children not to be like what kind of okay, you know, we attack policy, not people, but I don't I do I don't want my niece and my nephew around young people who think and behave that way because I think that's not that's not a good spot. But right. you know, they're seventeen and, and we we train them to move away from those kind of stupid thinking, that kind of, you know, um negative thinking and right. uh racist thinking, quite frankly. So Okay, so we've talked about Teen Vogue and 17 and being 17. Now we're going to talk about policy and selective outrage sucks as it relates to the border. If you haven't gotten your merch, go get your merch today that says selective outrage sucks. I think we have some of that on our, in our merch. So get your merch today, anytime. Colors, mugs, all different kinds of colors and everything. But at any rate, selective outrage as it relates to the border. And our president, President Biden, I keep wanting to say President Trump, President Biden, I believe that his policies right now have been a little loosey-goosey in regards to the border because he's been like a, a his policies been a little like a yo-yo. Come, don't come, come, don't come. And um, I probably shouldn't have said like a yo-yo, but I think it's been like a yo-yo. It has and been like a yo-yo. It really has. And so, you know, when President, the Trump administration, right now, I think there's been this bum rush of people coming, trying to get across the border. And and I think there's it, it's been that bum rush because of this yo-yo type of of, of 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 communication in terms of come and don't come. The Trump administration was very um, they were very stern and not and stern in a good way, but they were stern in that you know do not come across the border. Uh, right, don't come. Come the right way legally. Coming across the border illegally is not what we want you to do. And the Biden administration, they're just like, oh, you know, come, don't come again. <laughs> yeah, and they've been like, um, come, don't come. We're putting things in place. But if if people hear that, they do. They're going to come. They come and they bum right. rush the border. And they're bum rushing. And so right what now, is, I don't. What are the stats? I've, of it's a very large number, Dina. It's um, it's a crazy number. I think of people of right now. I think on March eighth, there were thirty two hundred migrant children were in CPD, CBP holding facilities, right? Which is the already the highest number ever. 
And as of Monday, that number had grown as of Monday, that number had grown to 4,200. So that's over 31, a 31% increase in one week. That's huge. Don't you think? I mean, that's, that's, that's like that's, massive. That's cray cray in my opinion. But that's not a crisis, right? Are you asking me? I think like that's a crisis. crisis. It sounds like a crisis to me. No, I think that's a crisis. Absolutely a crisis. And, and to me, because it is a crisis, President Biden and Vice President Harris, they haven't been to the border yet. They haven't been. I think they should go. Um, I, I definitely think they should go. I think they should go because right now, you know, there are a couple of things that are happening there. The conditions are deplorable. The conditions were not um, great and have not been great. Uh, several reports that CNN and, and, and NBC requested to actually go into the facilities. And I think initially those requests were denied. I, they may have been granted in the last couple of days. I don't know for sure, but I know initially they were denied. But the, the administration hasn't been to the border to see kids sleeping on the floor, not being able to go outside. And, and it's being reported that some kids haven't had showers in days. You know what I mean? But the Biden administration hasn't been there and at that all. Is where the, again, the selective and outrage. that's a crisis, right? Huh? That's a crisis, and that's where we have selective outrage because you cannot look at us and tell us that if these things were happening under a not just a Trump administration but a Republican administration, it would be twenty four seven, all the time, every station, everywhere, everywhere. Am I right? This is the truth. And we're just saying, Absolutely. be fair, report, as Didi always says, report the news. And this right. is news that the Biden administration is is taking a powder on this issue. Right. So they're not going to the border at all. And then they're talking about separating kids. The Trump administration did separate kids. And guess what? The Biden administration is doing the same thing. Hello. So, you know, the same results are in place, but it's perceived that the Trump administration did not have compassion, but that the Biden administration does have compassion. And I'm trying to figure out how, like, seriously, like help right. me out. If the results are this, if the result, actually in, in many cases, the results are worse because right? people, as you said, are bum rushing the border. They so, are bum rushing oh, the border. Because Trump isn't, because Trump is mean, his policies are criticized well but you can't people people perceive him as people, as being mean people um say yeah right but the policy if the if the result is kids sleeping in cages mm -hmm. then it's kids sleeping in cages whether it's because whether it's uncle joe nice polite uncle joe or sleepy or joe mean bully trump it's the same result so right exactly and so you know when when we talk about housing people, when we talk about housing people that are coming across the border, we can't house some of the people that we already, that are already here. Absolutely. We, you know, we have uh, worked with, you know, I was at HUD with Secretary Carson and we know that for every one person who, one American who needs public assistance, in housing, there are mm -hmm. at least four more on a waiting list. So if we so if there are four more on a waiting list, seriously? Right. If we can't handle the people in this country, then it's not compassionate to pretend that we can take this bum rush of people who, um, who are coming in. 
and this we do want to say because I think that Republicans and perhaps our messaging is not right on this issue. I don't know, mm-hmm. but because we are we we are perceived as you know, oh, we don't want people south of the border coming. We don't want, and that's nonsense. Um, the issue is that we don't want people coming in a in dangerous situations where we cannot accommodate them. Period. Right, and that's why and, the Trump administration was so very clear: do not come illegally. If and Dean, it wasn't just dangerous for the people that were coming, but it was it, it it's dangerous for for the people that are that are on the border. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That are they are working day in and day out, and right. and again making sure that people are coming the the correct way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. There is not anything wrong with that. And um, and so I feel like as Christians, as people who have compassion for people in dire situations, we mm-hmm. need to be in prayer about this. We need to be in prayer for countries that have such poverty and such um, uh, violence that people would make these decisions to come to the U.S., but we're not. And also, right. Go ahead. ahead. No, I mean, and also making the decisions because in some cases I know that some, I know that a lot of the kids come with their parents, but then a lot of the kids are coming or their parents are sending them alone or the parents are coming and the kids are coming later. You know what I mean? And so, and, and, and having to make those decisions, I know that has to be a hard decision to make. Um, but you're right. As Christians, we do need to be in prayer for that. To, 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 and so that, and, you know, some people mock us when we say, oh, hearts and prayers. But we fully believe that. Hey, like we believe that prayer changes things. So we believe that as Christians, we should be praying about this. And, you know, just a Walk, living, thing. walking testimony. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so Dina, you're right. We're going to have to stay in prayer and as Christians continue to pray for that situation. But before we get off the wall, I do want to to, to talk about um, the the letter that was written by a group of Republican senators. Um, They wrote a letter to the GAO, the Government Accountability Office. And if you all remember in the beginning of Biden's presidency, he was in the Oval Office, like executive office, executive order happy. I mean, he was, you know, going through a couple of cases of pens and <laughs> signing those executive orders, right? And so in one of his executive orders, um, he froze, he was, he, he signed an executive order freezing funds that were provided to build the wall. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have the authority to stop the funding. That's what the Republicans and the letter that they wrote to the GAO, that's what they're telling him that he did not have the authority to stop that funding. And at issue is whether that President Biden's proclamation directed an impoundment of funds in violation of the Impoundment Control Act. So basically the ICA, that means that Congress has the power of the purse and Biden being executive order happy, he gave you know an elbow to those senators, to Congress to take away that power of the purse uh, to, to stop the building of the wall. So not good, not, not good at on all. On so many fronts. On so many fronts. So, And this is a crisis, whether they want to call it a crisis or not. It when, absolutely is a crisis. As you pointed out, with, with the numbers increasing at that rate, this is a crisis. The president needs to go down to the border. 
um, and the media needs to report it equally as aggressive report it. as they did when we had these situations under the Trump administration. My hope is that very soon we'll be we'll, um, we'll be able to stop making these comparisons. But um, I don't think so. But we have to continue to point it out. And a lot of people are like, oh, you should stop. What about ism? I have a friend um, who keeps who, who always calls me on my what about isms. But until <laughs> the you know, I will stop what about isms when there's no more to what about. So exactly. <laughs> and again, equal. just when it's equal, just report the news, just report it as it is. But those numbers, Dina, Dina they're staggering to me. I was like, wow. A 31% increase in one week? Crazy. That crazy. is absolutely, that's crazy town. Totally crazy. So, yep. well, that's it. You got anything else for policy and pound cake? Nope, that's it for me. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Please don't forget to follow, like, and share. Tell the world about policy and pound cake. And don't forget to get your merch. We have lots of really cool merch. And so, you want to be in the know. I have on some merch today, but we have some really bright, beautiful merch. So go get your merch today, but definitely follow us Follow us at policyandpoundcake.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We Absolutely. will see you. Talk to you next time. Have a good one.